0: Zoom in on global affairs with insightful debates and exclusive interviews. This is World Insight.
1: Hello, and welcome to World Insight with E.K.N. Wei. Fake sexually explicit images of pop star Taylor Swift proliferated on social media last week. On Sunday, X, formerly known as Twitter, has blocked searches of Swift's compromising images apparently generated by artificial intelligence. It has been reportedly viewed tens of millions of times. Alarmed by deep fake online images, the White House said social media companies bear responsibility in carrying out their own rules to prevent the spread of malicious content. These too often disproportionately affects women. While rapid AI advances can create images nearly identical to authentic ones, they uncover poor to non-existent AI regulations. Just how dangerous, quote unquote, is AI and how important it is that we are coming to consensus of AI governance, not only from the technological point of view, but also from the legal perspective. For deeper insights, let's loop in our panelists. For the latest discussion about the governance of artificial intelligence in New York, Max Wolf, founder of Systematic Ventures. In Beijing, Andy Mock, research fellow from the Center for China and Globalization. Also in Beijing, Guy Keke, professor from the School of Cyberspace and Science and Technology with Beijing Institute of Technology. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. This is a very interesting case study. It certainly the news went circulated around the world. Now, Max, give me your immediate takeaway of what this case really means for the significance of artificial intelligence governance.
2: Yeah, so I think it brings home again, but maybe in a new arena, how easy it is to produce and mass produce disinformation that can fool the human senses at a very low cost and very quickly.
1: And things like this existed before, right? People just did not realize it could be as uh, hurting as what it is, right?
2: Sure, but it's a little bit like the jump from the telegraph to the telephone. So when the technology moves, you either have to move human decency forward very quickly, (laughs) or probably more realistically produce guardrails that kind of keep people at their best selves.
1: Is moving human decency as quickly as possible a possible task? Is that mission possible?
2: In some jurisdictions, perhaps, but I think that you would be roundly laughed at if you suggested that as a policy prerogative here in the US.
1: Mm-hmm. Andy, your thoughts on the case?
2: I think that uh, this is disappointing, but
0: uh, not unexpected, because this really is just the latest iteration of. Erotic slash sexual content and technology, going back to the days of photography, of mm. uh, video cassette recorders, even the internet. Uh, this has been a problem. So I see this as the latest manifestation of how technology can be used to pro- uh, to uh, create and distribute uh, content that can be sensitive and/or offensive.
1: Mm, but not yet. Uh, it seems that people are coming to consensus as to. What is the guardrails as mentioned by Max, right?
0: Absolutely. And I think this is one of the areas where there is almost universal consensus uh, that there needs to be something done. There should be guardrails. Uh, Other aspects of AI governance are much more complex. And I think we may end up uh, with different regimes. But this Mm. is certainly one area that I think there is common agreement.
1: Keke,
3: your takeaway. This is an incident that, that makes uh, everyone, including uh, governments, pay attention to, to, to the issue. Actually, I don't think this is a new issue, but this incident uh, reminds us that having a regulation is very important. Uh, also, we need uh, technical solution to this issue.
1: Maybe I am not necessarily knowing all the details of the AI technology part, but the governance has already created some interesting debate. What is going to be the area of governance for artificial intelligence? At least on this case, reflected by the deep fake of Taylor Swift. Uh, is it going to be, first of all, about the uh, LLM, which is a l- large language model? Or is it going to be about the AGI? Or is it going to be about a small proportion of LLM? or about applications of artificial intelligence. Let's go to Max on this.
2: So I think the first level here is going to rekindle an old debate that was never settled, which is we're going to have to be much more sure of who is posting. So identity online is going to have to finally be solved so that at least we know where to begin the story of who's done what with whose intellectual property. Uh. I think that's part one. And I think part two is the provenance of what's being sort of shared out. The supply chain that produces the message and and the messenger will have to be known because otherwise we will be unable to master the technologies that we have released out into the world.
1: Mm. So Max, what we know now, on this case at least, is um, the deep fake being produced about Taylor Swift, this artist, and it's put on social media and people have been appalled by exactly what happened. Some assumed it was real. And then the news came out it was deep fake and the artist uh, um, made clear it is go- she is going to sue those responsible. But now here comes the complex part. This is a ecosystem that we are talking about from producing it to put it online to the search engines and, of course, the social media platforms such as X and others, and uh, eventually uh, how it is being used by those who got these information from the social media platforms. So all of this is an ecosystem. Which part of the ecosystem do you see is the key here?
2: So truly, usually you need to begin with whoever cares about sanctions as opposed to whoever is responsible. Right. So partly this is a game. So, you know, the the artist in question here was embroiled in a political moment with a lot of opposition from one of the two political factions in the U.S. So we kind of know that this is very purposeful and it probably has substantial support. But the truth is there are big networks that want to be trusted and want to broadcast, even though they're not the cause, you need to attack them because once the images and the stories get out, they're very hard to put the lid on. And so part of the manipulation is put something out, even though you know it will be discredited, because Mm -hmm. if a million people see it, 300,000 will never learn that it was discredited, right? So it's a manipulation. And so I think that the folks who want to be respected are the place to start the sanctions, even though they're likely to be the messenger, not the message.
1: So what will be the most important areas in terms of establishing uh, the governance regarding issues related to artificial intelligence, production part, circulation part, uh, and the list goes on.
0: Sure, Tianwei. Well, I like Max's analogy of the telegraph to the telephone, but I actually would go further and say this is like creating this is like the invention of photocopier machines or the Gutenberg press, and that it allows almost anyone to create almost any kind of content. Uh So I think the solution must lie in three areas, political, legal, and technological. So I'll briefly go through this. So put aside the sexual content uh, with Taylor Swift, but the ability to create new kinds of content raises theoretical questions. Who owns your identity? Who has the right to use your identity? Who has the right to benefit from that? We can see different ways of approaching this. For example, we see legal sanctions against the producers of the content, uh, against the distributors, perhaps even the consumers of the content as well. So that's a legal question. Finally, the technical side of it is there's efforts being made. Can you provide digital watermarks to show this content really came from a particular source.
1: But Andy, the argument is if, as you said, uh, dating back to the photography uh, era, uh, the birth of the photography, and therefore there were deep fake of people's images anyway, starting from the early days, but we haven't seen those things disappear, right? And therefore how much confidence do we see this time if Appropriate measures are being implemented that those phenomena would disappear. But on the other hand, the argument is also whether the regulations used during the days of photography or telephone will be the kinds of regulations that still be um, appropriate today uh, guarding the art use of artificial intelligence. As we know, this is much easier.
0: Sure, Tianwei, And again, this, I think, goes to the heart of what we talked about earlier, which is uh, different regimes. So we know that societies, countries have vastly different views and ways of thinking about important conditions. And I think if we want to broadly call this the exchange of sexual services for economic value, we see around the world that there are countries where it is absolutely prohibited, There are countries that take a more laissez-faire attitude. There are countries that strictly regulate these kinds of services. So I think, again, uh, the principles are timeless. uh, But the application of these principles, of course, have to change as society changes and as technology advances.
1: Max, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so I think you're going to need a pretty nuanced regulatory regime because I think we're focused on the false positive story because we've seen them, but the false negative may be bigger, which is the ability of a small number of folks to undermine authority with visual and auditory images at key moments. And that's even harder to police, right? So on the eve of a major meeting, a major decision, a public release of sensitive information, an election, it's pretty easy to undermine authorities. And one of the ironies here is we are more dependent and need to trust our authorities more than ever before at the same moment when some of the technology has made it easier to undermine those authorities. And I think a smart regime has to think through the false positive, i.e. allegations of the kind we've seen about content, but also the false negative, because we've also seen governments struggle to push back against false news stories that quickly become underground, conspiracy theories that can create massive
1: social damage. Mm. But what about the meaning of this story to the other countries when it comes to AI governance? Go to you, Keke. You have been a researcher in China on AI governance. Tell me more about your thoughts on what should be the area to work on in terms of AI to avoid issues like this. Not necessarily the Taylor Swift story, but stories similar to that.
3: There are lots of challenging issues to be solved from the perspective of technology. In fact, we, uh, we need uh, we need technical uh, tool, uh, tool set to, to support the, the law and regulation uh, systems, including like AI security, AI safety, and the trust. For example, I think one of the key issues in, in this is that we need to identify uh, the ownership of the model um, but now the the research is still at the very beginning stage. In this case, in this case, so we so you uh, mean the, it,
1: the uh... user of the apps, and also right. the producer of the apps. Exactly, like okay. who has the right to use
3: this app? If we do not have the solution for like for everyone, it's really hard for us to to track the users. So that's why it's very easy for attackers to use this kind of apps to do some bad things. So this is uh, in the AI security one of the, the issues. If we look at the AI safety, that means we need to to do more research on um, figuring out uh, how to securely or safely use the AI solutions or AI apps. I think this is very important to the society. On um, like people to understand uh, the the proper way of using uh, AI apps. Uh, also, we need to address the trust we. The We need to establish a a trustful environment or trustful context like you mentioned the the ecosystem we need to have very healthy uh ecosystem to develop the uh, the the apps
1: so who produce the app who are going to use the services on certain apps and also some of the contents created but you know there's always a pendulum when we have debates like this on the one hand you do want to know who is behind all the apps and who are using all the apps for the so-called safety reasons, at least in this case. But on the other hand, uh, it is important that we have an open source online regarding artificial intelligence because it needs to be equal access, fair access. And also there needs to be the freedom of expression as well, which is very important in any kinds of uh, communications uh, around the world. So how to make sure the balance is not going from one side of the pendulum to the other side? I think that's one of the always important key questions that you see throughout the decades when we discuss about issues like this. So Keke from China, how do you see this kind of balance and avoid the pendulums?
3: Well, I think it's a very challenging uh, uh, issue uh, at the current stage uh, because, um, as, as I mentioned, as, as I mentioned, it's a uh, it's very important to identify who are creating the image. For example, in this case, uh, but currently the technology cannot sufficiently support this uh, because uh, the key the key issue here is that we need to find out uh we are we need to understand like who uh, is using uh, the app. so so that's that is relates to uh, the the ownership of the model. Uh, but so the open source makes uh, the you know the the technology entry uh, very low. So like most people, most people who have some background of the knowledge, of course uh, can use the the technology. So our research is that we we want to find out the way. Uh, for example, we look at the picture, and based on the analysis, we we know uh, where uh, or, who is, or who made this picture or who made it this image.
2: Yeah, so to me, I think we have a few very recent examples that are good. So I think you need to have a non-conflicted international governance here. And to me, what looks like it's done pretty well there is governance of space-related technologies. Not perfect, but pretty good governance of North and South Pole. So you could have a non-conflicted party who is above all the governments, all the corporate interests, who can be the arbiter. And if they don't have a registration of who you are, you cannot use the distribution platforms because the tools are so widely distributed and fairly inexpensive that authoring these things are already cheap and easy. And there's every reason to believe it will get cheaper and easier by the hour you know, and the months and years ahead. So I think where we have bottlenecks, where we have a small number of very powerful firms, is distribution. And I think if they know they'll lose money on the distribution of the product and that they'll have to report to these agencies who will have the ability to sanction them, right. they, their intrinsic interest, whether they're a government or a for-profit enterprise, will be to stay within the lines broadly. Right. And we've seen that work sometimes with North and South, whole space. It's tricky, but I think it can be done.
0: Well, i think tanway you described it perfectly well in that the pendulum must swing the key idea is how do we modulate the extremes and i think that political structure is vital so we look at the uh, bletchley park declaration uh, a senior uk official uh, made a very interesting comment at that time that the uk faces this challenge of cross-cutting policy challenges around artificial intelligence. And I think one of the solutions is political structure. So we look at China, uh, the the ability to uh, formulate as well as implement a holistic, systematic, data-based, comprehensive approach is very, very important. So I think this is why we see, for example, with the Internet, China was early to recognize the importance of quote-unquote censoring internet information that now in the West is called uh, curation, in that letting people post whatever they want, go kill a certain kind of people, go do this, is bad.
1: Throughout history, that legislation's guardrails always tried to catch up with the latest technology development. That is just, it seems to be a common uh, practice. Uh, throughout history, whether it's printing machine or the invention of photography and telephone, and, and now you know artificial intelligence. But what is unique about artificial intelligence here, Max, that we all need to bear in mind right now?
2: Well, that basically the engine of artificial intelligence is mass utilization, mm. right? And so, one of the ironies of the LLM, one of the ironies of these systems is. A.I. is only as good as the breadth of the humans training it at any given moment. So it is made up of the same stakeholders that it presently threatens. Yeah. And I think that's both the solution and the risk here, which is if you can get people off of there, then you can change the evolutionary piece. But I think there's also a tough discussion with the public and regardless of governmental type, which is we've reached the technological point where the eyes and ears, the senses that we fell back on to know the truth are themselves less reliable. And so Mm -hmm. we need to have a much deeper faith in the authorities that we can fall back upon if our eyes and ears are no longer those.
1: Koko, now, we've been having this debate about the governance of artificial intelligence for really quite some time. Of course, uh, we have seen last year, conference being held in the UK, China also, uh, together with other players have been debating about this, discussing as well. We also see the United Nations form a commission, uh, rather a working group, bringing all the information together and try to bring out the best advice coming from everywhere, from developing to the developed economies. But yet we haven't seen the results. And issues like this time dig fake of Taylor Swift likely to be replicated or duplicated in the future if governance is not being put on the table addressing the right issues so why are we so slow? can we be faster?
3: well uh, for sure there uh, there is there is always a hope um, uh, I think this uh, it's because we we are at the very beginning stage it's uh, we got a lot of. A lot of work to finish, uh, but the fact is that uh, in the past uh, we actually had been working on the AI technology uh, for uh, for long term. Uh, but recently, there uh, there was there was a very great breakthrough uh, on AI. Well, for example, as we know, the the ChatGPT. Uh, so that that was a very big uh, breakthrough. So after that, a uh, lot of AI uh, solutions uh, like become like on ground, like real mm-hmm. products. So that's why it brings us uh, real new threats. In the past, I, uh, I think people often said that there, there would be a threat with the using AI products, but now it comes to the real. So that's why people pay more attention to this. I don't think we, uh, we come like too late because this is new. Uh, like, like AI products generated by the scientists like in recent years.
2: So, so I think it's, it's cybercrime is the right way to think about this. This is going to be a proliferation of platform for cybercrime. Cybercrime requires international cooperation because this is kind of naturally slippery across uh, historical jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. And I think what Altman and company are doing is trying to say, we know the power, we know the place we're going to occupy, and we need to be properly regulated. And I think the lessons of the past are the regulators have to have the best tools and they have to be helping to develop the technology. They cannot be playing catch up and they cannot be using two or three generational tools or they effectively cannot do their job and public faith can't be maintained.
1: But as you know, the regulator, usually the government uh, is lack of these tools. That's always the case, isn't it? And uh, seems that uh, there needs to be as much literacy in the public as in the government in understanding the nature and the real essence of technology with regarding artificial intelligence.
2: Yeah, but I I think also social bonds are important. So I think part of the reason that we have such vulnerabilities in the U.S. is because we have frayed social bonds and people who live through their telephones and who reality is delivered Mm. to them on a 4.2 inch super OLED screen. Mm. And part Mm. of what can claw back from this risk is to give people a little bit more being socially enmeshed, having international and and domestic consciousness beyond the digital delivery system.
1: Andy, your final thoughts. Well, I think
0: from a perspective of corporate narrow self-interest, regulation is helpful because it increases predictability for companies. So I think it's natural that Sam Altman would want greater regulation of that type. However, a more important legal and political question is who stands to gain uh, from the dramatic changes in AI. And some people say in the U.S. that the tech companies have accumulated too much economic power and informational power. So again, I think these are important questions and perhaps the most important questions in the long run and the question of deep fakes uh, is only a symptom of this deeper issue that needs to be uh, addressed
1: mm. for now i want to thank all of you andy Koko, and max for joining us on this very important topic thank you so much and that's all the time we have for today mtn way on behalf of the team thanks for being with us